Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Talk with David and Jeff. I'm David. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to the show. Uh, as you know, Real Talk, we're going to be talking about the top political and economic issues facing our country today. Yes. Our goal is to save the world by episode three. Yeah. Or we're going to be talking about reality television, one of the two. What do you want to do today, Jeff? Um, you know, let's talk about reality TV. We have two more episodes to save the That's world. That's true, yeah. Let's do, uh, let's do reality TV. Uh, so, yeah, this is actually has nothing to do with economics or politics, but we are doing a real talk, reality TV talk. Uh, as you hopefully know, we have our David and Jeff Survivor podcast where we talk about Survivor. Um, so this is sort of, we may talk a little bit Survivor here, but this is sort of encompassing all the other reality shows that Jeff and I watch. So let's be clear, we're not covering all reality shows, but all reality shows that we watch. Yes, although we are open to suggestion. If there's a reality show we don't mention, I mean, David and I have lots of free time on our hands, so... Yes, <laughs> we're open to them as long as you're not suggesting... You should check out this, you know, this show called American Idol. Have you ever heard of it? Like, uh, or Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain shows that we know that are that exist, but we are choosing not to spend our time. But if there's sort of this reality show that's maybe newer, we're we're not as aware of, or maybe there's one that we do sort of watch from time to time, but you know we just forget about it. Yeah, let us know. So uh, we're gonna do a couple things uh, on this show, the real talk. And the first thing we're gonna do is what we're watching and talk about the other shows that we are currently watching on TV, Jeff. So why don't you pick a show that we're watching and let's talk about it. Well, David, we have three shows that it seems like you and I have in common. And so we should probably mention all of them today, but let's start out with uh, one of my personal favorites, a show that I didn't think I would like very much when I first heard about it. I thought it would be really stupid and cheesy, but it's turned out to be one of like the highlights of my week, King of the Nerds. Yes, I'm a huge fan of King of the Nerds. Uh, I watched its first season. I sort of started halfway through, but I caught back up and watched all the episodes. Loving this season as well. It's a great show. doesn't take itself seriously, which I think is very great. Lots of humor, lots of character development. It's just all around fun. Yeah, it's a really enjoyable show. The production value is really high. The challenges are really fun. And the people who they pick, you know, like I was afraid that they, they're going to pick nerds, so the people are going to be really introverted and not very big characters for TV. But they do a great job of casting. They pick really great people for the show. And it's just a really fun show to watch. And it's accessible. It's not like you have to be the smartest person in the world to understand what these people are talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I think anyone could like it, whether you're a jock or a nerd. You could uh, still enjoy King of the Nerds. Uh, we're not going to, like, recap the whole season, but... Uh, we maybe let's talk about things that have happened recently or big moments that we've liked or uh, disliked or especially maybe from this previous week's episode. Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest thing in this this season of King of the Nerds is Zack, right? Like, he's kind of the big villain of the season, uh, threatened to, like, overthrow his entire team and whatnot. Um, and so, I mean, what do you, what, how do you feel about Zack? I personally have been rooting for Zach to stay, even though I dislike him. But now I'm at the point where I pretty much like everyone left. 
so I, <laughs> I want him to go. But I just, for entertainment-wise, it's sort of like the people like wanted Philip Shepard out so, you know, wanted out as soon as happens. I like to see Philip stay longer. It brings entertainment value. Am I rooting for them to win? Absolutely not. Am I, am I rooting against them? Yes. But it's no fun to have a great villain or a great outspoken entertainment person get voted out in the first episode. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think Zach is uh, great TV. The problem becomes, like you said, I like everyone who's left. I was kind of going through the characters left in the show uh, the other day, and there's not a single one of them who I, who I don't like. I mean, I have one who I like more. I'm a huge fan of Jack. I'm rooting for Jack all the way. Uh, but it's really hard to, like, choose between entertainment value with Zach or just people that you like as people. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting to the point where there was a, uh, quite a few people who I wasn't super thrilled about, and now that they're gone, all right, we've had a good time with Zach. I'm okay. There's only a couple episodes left. I'm okay with him going and getting serious with the other people. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I heard a lot of people saying this is probably the, the the most recent episode is probably the least entertaining so far of the season. Not to say that it was you know a horrible one, but it was a little more lackluster than the other ones. Just because maybe Zach wasn't as explosive or dynamic, and there wasn't a whole lot going on. Even the debate, if you uh, saw season one at all, you know I really liked the debate that they had. But the whole Star Wars versus Star Trek. I think that one's so subjective. I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as intriguing to me as the other ones. What was the debate focused on in season one? I can't remember. It was more like comic books and superheroes and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I. I don't watch Star Trek personally. I've. I've obviously seen Star Wars, but um. So yeah, it wasn't as accessible of an episode for me. Um. But I still really enjoyed it. I. I. I love all of the people on the purple team, and I love Jack. So it was just—I thought it was a fun episode. Yeah. But I agree that it wasn't on par with the other ones. Well, and even you like look at the the prep, prepping for the challenge to make a robot. That's sort of entertaining to watch. Prepping mm. for people to do a debate, and I know you're on <laughs> the debate a debate team, Jeff. But I, I gotta think the prep work isn't as entertaining. No, I agree with you. And it's also they had two challenges that were just standing there talking. If they had if the if the nerd off had been something more kind of visual, like the one from last week where you're pulling the sticks and the zombie parts fall down, I think yeah. maybe it would have redeemed the episode a little bit. But it's kind of the same issue that we had with Survivor at the merge for Blood vs. Water. They had like four challenges in a row where literally all they had to do was stand there. Yeah. You know, they stand there and eat something or they stand there and balance something or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, yeah, and they tried to do a little something with the shocking someone, but that doesn't have a good, as good entertainment value for the viewers because we can't see them actually be electrocuted or anything. So even they're like, ow, that hurts. Like, that doesn't mean us as much as far as, <laughs> oh, you're going to get jolted with electricity. Okay. Right. But, uh, yeah, I was actually quite happy. Not that I dislike Katie, but I was happy that Jack survived. I do enjoy him. He was one of the only two people from the yellow team that I really liked. The other one was the uh, Pokemon Master. I liked him. I like Josh, too, yeah. Yeah. But, no, Jack, Jack's my favorite left, and then I also really like Brian and Chris and Xander and Kayla, which are all the people left other than Zach, so... Yeah, my if I was rooting for one person, I you're, you're doing Zach. I'd probably do Chris. 
I I just really like him. I I think he's really level-headed, but he has a personality that's endearing to me, so I would like to see him. But there's so many people. Brian, I'd be okay with winning. Xander, I think, is hilarious. Isn't he funny? I love Xander. Yeah, Xander's great. Um, yeah, and Jack, I find I find really rootable as well. So there's lots of people that I enjoy um, watching. I think they excellent job casting this season. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Anything else you have about King of the Nerds? Anything? They're probably going to even either they're e- going to even up the teams or they're going to go to individuals. What do you think is coming up? You know, I didn't watch the end of last season. I found, you know, I found out the results, but I wasn't able to find the episodes. So I don't know what did they do last season. Last season, I'm trying to remember if it was six or five. I'm thinking it may have been five that they split up and did individuals. Okay. Um, but it was always back and forth, so we never had like what we saw with Katie going over to the other team. Right. We didn't have that because it was always back and forth. There was everyone. There was only a one person advantage ever. Right, and it's interesting. Right. The one that the girls sort of. Got. Well, yeah, I think I think it's. Oh, go for it. Oh no, it's good. I think there's some sort of uh, lag or something in our audio and video, so I think that's what the issue is. Okay. Well, um, I just. Did you have a thing about King of the Nerds? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say I I think I, I think. Uh, I think it's just been. I was just gonna kind of wrap up and say I think it's been a, a really enjoyable season. I'm excited to see where it goes. But yeah, I, only one other observation is sort of dominated by the girls last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like lots of girls making it to the end and, and essentially spoiler one winning. But uh, this time, you know, now we're down to one girl left now, which is right. sort of the, almost the reverse of what happened last season. Right. But. Yeah, definitely check out King of the Nerds if you haven't. Uh, depending on your, your cable provider or something, you may have it on demand. Um, or you maybe be able to find them somewhere. Generally, I think you can find almost all the episodes on YouTube somewhere. So be sure to check it out. I highly recommend the show. It's coming to a close. I think we only have a few episodes left, but I think it's still going to be very enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I Go Jack. Team Jack all the way. Team Chris. Uh, let's move on to another show that is uh, closing today. and They're having their season finale, Opposite Worlds. This is one that I've sort of been watching from the beginning. I've gotten you uh, to start watching it. What are you, As someone who's sort of binge-watched it, what is your thought on Opposite Worlds? Um, you know, there's a lot... To be rede- there's a lot of redeeming qualities about it, and then there's some things that I think definitely need to be revised for next season, if there is a next season. Uh, the production value, I think, is pretty low in terms of challenges. Like, they had one or two really cool challenges, but then they had, like, an obstacle course and go find a sword in a pool of water and things like that. And I think that's just kind of an inherent issue with having live challenges, is you're always... You're never able to do things very big scale. So a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the worldly challenges are pretty cool and pretty high production value, but then the Duel of Destinies are kind of, you know, kind of eh. And yeah. I think that, and you know, the, the host isn't particularly great on live shows. Um, he definitely needs to do some work. And I, I mean, I was a fan of his other show that he did capture as well. Um, 
But yeah, so I think there are definitely bugs to be worked out. That being said, I think it's a really enjoyable show. I think it uh, casted really well, and I think that the kind of format of the show with America having some say but not all the say, I think they've kind of found a pretty good balance on how much America should be involved. So I'm a big fan, although I think there are a lot of things to be worked out. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think uh, it's one of those things sort of like Capture as well when I watch that is you sort of, and until now, we sort of didn't know how it would end. Like we were half, you know, halfway through, there's still ten contestants left and we only have two, three weeks. So I'm like, how are we going to get down to four? So it's interesting to see how how much they had to change and alter things just to get it down to this point since it started with right. six I almost, I, I wish maybe next season they could standardize it. Maybe one person goes home every episode or you have lots of double duels and two people go home. I don't, I don't know. But it seemed weird that you have so many people just go out right in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, or just make it like a 10-week show or something. You know, and one exactly. person goes, yeah. Right, like I, I totally agree with you, though, because they had 12 and then one guy got hurt. But then they brought two more people in, and I, I was totally with you. I'm like, they've only eliminated two people, and there's only six episodes left. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out. So I totally agree with you. And I, I kind of figured they'd do the double duel eventually. But Yeah, yeah, I did too. Um, most recently we had last night's show. I know Jeff wasn't able to watch it, but he's, he's heard about it. So if you haven't watched last night's episode... Uh, spoiler alert, we're talking about it now. Maybe tune out for a minute. But uh, it was interesting. They had one more final worldly challenge. It was sort of, they said it's now individuals, but it was pairs. <laughs> and then the winning pair each got to choose one other person to go to the final four, and the other two left the curve. It was interesting, hmm. interesting concept and everything. Um, so uh, what were the results then? So the results were that Jr. and Frank were a team and they won. Um, of course. They each got to choose one other person. And I, I was pretty much hoping, I was like, I'm rooting for Jr. at this point. Jr. is my favorite. I want him to win. And I was like, Jr., you, if you're smart, you can't bring Lauren to the final right. four. Because if you do, she has the highest percentage of votes. She's stronger in challenges. She's going to be a formidable opponent. Best case scenario for Jr. would have been Frank and Lauren out, in my opinion. Unfortunately, oh my. he was paired with Frank. There's no way Frank's going to go. Right. Uh, so Frank doesn't have an inch, or Frank doesn't have a bone, a strategy bone in his body. Like, he cannot think strategy at all. <laughs> all Frank so has is beast mode and more beast mode. Uh, <laughs> but So Frank was obviously right, right. going to choose... You know, he chose the person who helped him in the duel, Sam. You know, he's going to choose whoever helps him physically. So, I mean, there wasn't ever even a, a consideration for him, I think, even though it may have been smarter to choose Lizette. Um, and then every time I was like, JR, please choose Jeffrey. He's horrible in popularity. He's not that great at the challenges. He's your best bet. And thankfully he did it. I know that may have got gotten a lot of people upset, you know, how could he betray Lauren, but really he didn't have any other option if he wanted to win the game. If he wanted to let Lauren win the game and be nice and friendly at the end and have people like him, then sure. But if he wanted to win, he needed to, to get Lauren out. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't understand, though, America's infatuation with Lauren. Like, I part of me thinks that it's, like, lack of hatred for other people that people like Lauren. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't really get it. I, I am personally a fan of uh, Sam and Frank, although I like JR. Like, I have nothing against JR, but I think watching Frank win would be really funny. Uh, but mostly I really like Sam. I think she's probably my pick to win in terms of who I want to win at this point. And see, that's interesting, because I, I didn't get a lot out of Sam, at least for most of the show. I was like, oh, yeah, Sam's there. But I never, to me, she never stood out, whereas Lauren stood out more. So I, I think it's everyone's opinions. Right. And maybe more people see Lauren standing out a little bit more. But I think we can all agree that Lisette didn't stand out. <laughs> no, Lisette didn't stand out. And uh, Jeffrey, a lot of people don't like Jeffrey, which is weird, because a lot of people really like Jr. And so I and I don't know how the finale is going to work. I don't know how much of it's going to be based on popularity versus you know a team strategy or whatever. Uh, but I think if it's quite, I think he's the most popular of the people left, and Sam Sam may, might be up there too. So yeah, well, what what they said is there's going to be two duels tonight because the finale is tonight. Two duels, but for the first duel. One person, America chooses to be protected, and they automatically go to the final duel, which will decide the winner. So okay. essentially, one person gets immunity from the first duel. So I'm thinking at this point, I actually could see Sam or JR getting that spot. I don't think Jeffrey has a shot at getting it. And I think Frank is getting a lot more fans, but I think not enough people would vote for him just because they expect him to win. Like, you know? Oh, really? They expect him to win the duels, you mean? Yeah, like, he doesn't need it, you know? Right. Frank's going to make it to the final round regardless, sort of a thing. I could see that. Yeah, I think, again, I, th I agree with you that Jeffrey doesn't have a chance. Uh, from what it sounds like, though, I think Sam might have a better chance just because JR did betray Lauren. Yeah, it could definitely be. Well, like, like I said, up until this last week, Sam wasn't at the top of the popularity, and then suddenly she got she up to was... number two, right below Lauren. But she was she was always behind Jr. and or other people. Yeah, she was always in like fourth, fifth in that area. Yeah, but she got second last time behind Lauren, and you know how much of that was piggybacking with Lauren, and how much of that was her individual thing. And I think that's what we'll find out. Uh, tonight at the finale. Right. So that's pretty much opposite worlds. Do you have anything else on it? I, I think it garners a second season. I think it would be great to see it back. Obviously, they need to do some format changes, but uh, I think I think it'd be interesting to see it done again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next. No, I I totally agree with you. Um. Continue on. It was the same thing. We're having audio lag issues. No, I was just going to say to you, format change issues. Um, I'm always a fan of saying try everything twice. Give every show two seasons to see what happens. But unfortunately, network execs don't tend to agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for season two of Who Done It. Oh, I would. I'd love for that to happen. But it's looking more and more bleak. Yeah. But. Um... Let's go to the last one. This one just premiered this past Sunday, the brand-new season of The Amazing Race. We have another All-Stars edition. I know I've sort of always followed The Amazing Race 
pretty much since its inception. Jeff, uh, Jeff is a, more of a newcomer to the Amazing Race. He's well, well, you you saw seasons in and out. You okay? You weren't a follower yeah. throughout the whole thing. Correct, correct. But you've recently gone back and watched at least all the older seasons up through what 10, 11. Yeah, I've just finished All Stars, and now I'm kind of on a break. I was, uh, um, I watched like seasons in like three weeks. It was ridiculous. So I need I need a little bit of a break. I'm watching uh, Iron. I'm watching old chef episodes of Iron Chef America right now. Um, but you know, I really I've seen so I've seen like seasons one through All Stars, which is what eleven. Yeah. So I've seen one through eleven, and then I've seen maybe four or four ish seasons between All Stars and current. So and I am watching the new season. So. Yeah. So, um, so you've seen certain people from from this season, and others are sort of yeah. new with All Stars. But uh, what was your yeah. overall impressions of the the first episode of the Amazing Race, All Stars Two, but it's just called All Stars? <laughs> I'm not going to make many fans saying this, but I actually liked most of the teams. Uh, I'm I've always been big fans of Jet and Cord and of Flight Time and Big Easy. I, I mean, I love Flight Time and Big Easy. They're like, they've been, I mean, I think I, you, I remember, or you remember me watching uh, Unfinished Business when I was all aboard the Flight Time and Big Easy train. Um, and so that, that they're one of my favorite teams ever. Um, I, I watched, so I've seen a little bit of Natalie and Nadia before who ended up, you know, going home. Um, I watched, like, the first half of their season. And uh, Luke and Marjorie I've seen, um... But the most the other teams I haven't, and so it was interesting. I really like um, Joey and Megan is the YouTube team. Mm-hmm. I really like them. Um, I'm not so keen on so there's two guys who look really similar. There's the guy and his dad, and then the guy and his fiance. Dave and Connor, and then you have uh, Jessica and John. Yeah, and those two guys, Dave and John, look really similar. Or Connor and John look really similar. Um, I'm not, I can't really get a good read on either of them. They didn't get much screen time. But I love, I've, I haven't seen the original season. I love Bopper and Mark already. And I, I mean, Bopper's not even in the race anymore because he got sick. <laughs> I love them so much. They're, they just seem like there's so much, everything to them is just huge. Like, everything's over the top, everything's big, everything's funny, everything's sad. You know, and I just love that style, like, just that personality on The Amazing Race. And I, and I like Mallory, and I've seen Mallory before, but I love Bob and Mark, so I'm going to go back and watch their original season, too. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. I, I don't think anyone was upset that they were coming back. You had some people who were upset about three-timers, but from what I've read and everything, I think it's more because they couldn't get, like, a, quite a few teams said no, so then they had to re- rely on, quote-unquote, old standards, people that... They knew where fans stayed, and they knew people, they would yes to it. Because from what I've heard, they asked quite a few other teams in recent seasons, and they said no. But uh, going really? back... Yeah. Going back to uh, Dave and Connor, they're a team that, you know, they're not big, bold personalities. Their first season, and I'm spoiling this for you if you watch it, but now you know. But uh, <laughs> their, their first season, they... Uh, the dad, uh, Dave, got an injury and tore his Achilles tendon. Ooh. So 
they end up doing a leg after it was torn and got first place, but then they essentially had to quit because they had to, he had to have surgery on it and couldn't race anymore. Right. So that's sort of the main reason why they're back. They actually they were only in the first three or four episodes, I think, of the season, but uh, they were doing really well, you know, up mm-hmm. until that point. And even after the Achilles tendon was torn, they still got a first place. So it's sort of like obligatory, you know, we need to at least bring them back, let them finish the race. and Right. Uh, Jessica and John are notorious because they're the only team who had an express pass and then didn't use it and got eliminated. They were so like what? the third I've team. Never, I've never seen a season with an express pass. So you should... All right, the express pass essentially lets you skip a challenge. So let's say you're at a roadblock. This is looking really difficult. You're in last place. You pull out the express pass. You just automatically get the clue and get to move on. No penalty. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a big advantage. It can obviously, if you're in the back of the pack, to do that, you're near the front, You know, especially if it's a longer, uh, more difficult challenge. So they had an express pass, but... John especially refused to use it, and they ended up getting eliminated. Oh, okay. So are there? do they give out a lot of those on the race? Recently, they started with, oh, you get an express pass. And actually, they had that in uh, Unfinished Business. You probably saw it oh, there. I must that, not remember it. That was one of the first seasons that they started, probably you know, 16 to 18 around that time span. And then from there, uh, in... Uh, past couple seasons, they started introducing the double express pass, where the first team gets two, and they can give one to another. Right. Absolutely. I also, I also really like the team Leo and, I, I don't remember the other guy's no, name. The, Af- the Afghanimals. The Afghanimals. I love them. Although, like, I mean, an honest, like, real thing would be, I think it would be hard for them to race, because I'd imagine, I mean, just with, like, stereotyping and things like that, they probably get stopped at security a lot more. Um, in airports, so that could be a huge disadvantage for them. I don't think, at least what we see, obviously we don't ever see any of that stuff, but it never right. really, it never showed any ways to us that that affected them in their racing at all. Mm-hmm. So I just saw Phil Kogan did an AMA on Reddit, and that was one of the questions that he didn't answer, so it made me kind of, like, intrigued, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking forward to this season... Nalia and Nasia got out. I'm okay with them getting out. I, I don't root for them. They're, again, someone that's sort of entertaining, but they were just so negative, and I think there's so many big personalities on this race that I'm okay with them going. I but, absolutely agree with you. I, I, like I said, I watched the first half of their season, and I was not a fan of Natalie and Nadia. Um, just yeah. no. No. They're definitely a loud, sort of uh, in-your-face, a little bit annoying team. But uh, mm-hmm. I would have been, I would have been okay seeing Megan and Joey leave. I wasn't a huge, I'm not a huge fan of them. But at that point, I was sort of actually rooting for the Twinnies to get out, just because they were so self-destructive. <laughs> I love how she like blamed her sister for. Oh, you got in the wrong bubble. How did you not know that this was the right bubble or this was the wrong bubble? Like, how could you do that? Like, yeah. it's totally based on chance. Like, I don't know how many. I, I'd imagine about half of the bubbles were right and half were wrong. But it's like it's totally based on chance. How was she supposed to know? Yeah, it was all the even ones were had uh, clues in them, and all the odd ones didn't. Oh, that is how it was. 
Yeah. Okay. I, I I heard some people kind of like thinking that might be what it was, but I couldn't tell if that's actually what it was. Yeah. But this race, unfortunately for them, this leg of the race had no real equalizers or challenges nope. that people could struggle on. Other than well, once you found that clue yes. at the wedding shop, you were set whatever place you were. I mean, you, you make yeah, you're, you're one right. or two based on, oh, I have to go around the bubble again. But uh, for the most part, there was nothing, there was nothing that huge. Like, there wasn't uh, the no roadblock. The roadblock, no one was going to struggle on that. You know, right. do five flips in the air, anyone can do, come down. And even the race to get to the pit stop, it was just a walk there. It seemed like no one had any problem getting there. It wasn't like people were getting lost in taxi cab things. So as soon as you got, I'll say, as soon as you got out of the bubble, that's what place you got. Right. Well, and even I'd even go as far to say as soon as you got the clue at the wedding shop, you were in that vicinity of the place. Yeah, within like three were, spots. Right. Yeah. Which is why Natalie and Nadia lost. Yeah. So. Anything else about The Amazing Race? I don't think so. All right. We'll be uh, definitely staying tuned for next week's episode, and we'll see see what happens. But those are the shows uh, we're going to talk about. Obviously, Survivor premieres tonight, two-hour premiere. Very excited for it. But... Uh, We'll be talking all about that in our David and Jeff Survivor podcast. We're going to be recording, uh, I think, Thursday night, and we're going to have JML, who we usually talk to at every Merge uh, episode. He's also going to be joining with the first episode. We're going to get his first impressions of everything and how sort of that storyline is sort of being set up. And then we'll talk to him again at the Merge and see how, how things have changed or how they've progressed from there. So get his initial impressions, and then we'll continue on from there. We are getting some uh, future survivors talking with us in, after that. We are going to be talking with Yellman Chan coming up, also uh, Jillian Larson and uh, a few more. So stay tuned for those as well. So if you like Survivor, we're going to be talking everything about Survivor in, in David and Jeff's Survivor podcast. And this real talk, we're mainly talking about the other shows. But... Let's uh, let's move on to our next segment I like to call The Past. So this is where Jeff and I will talk about a previous reality show and or season of a show and how uh, people should track it down and somehow find it and watch it because they're missing out. Or we could say this is a show that is awful. Don't waste your time trying to find this. <laughs> right. uh, we're going to start with argue, arguably one of the best reality shows ever, one that under, is right and barely under Survivor for me, and that is the show The Mole. Right. I'm. If we're just talking about seasons one or two, I'd actually say I like The Mole better than Survivor. Some big words there, Jeff. They, they are. But, I mean, seasons one and two were so cerebral, so just... I mean, the challenges were just so well thought out, and they were interesting. It was it was great. So we should probably go through the format if you've never heard of The Mole before. So basically, The Mole is a TV show. It's a reality TV show. It had a smaller cast, um, usually like 12 people, 11 or 12 people. Um, one of them was designated to be The Mole, which means their job was to sabotage all of the challenges. 
And so every challenge was worth a certain amount of money, and if the team as a whole won the challenge, that amount of money went into the pot, and at the end of the game, whoever ends up winning gets however much money the team has earned. But like I said, it's the mole's job to sabotage the challenges, make sure that the teams don't win the money. So then how they eliminate people is every round you take a quiz on the identity of who the mole is, and whoever scores the worst on the quiz ends up going home. So it's really a quest to find out who the mole is. Um, the audience doesn't know throughout the entire thing, which makes it really fun, a really fun guessing game. Um, but I, it's I, one of the be in, most interesting formats for a show ever. And it ended up surviving two regular seasons and then two celebrity seasons. And then maybe five years later, they ended up making a fifth season uh, that tanked and was not particularly good. Now, I would argue I enjoyed the season. I thought it was a, a decent season, but as far as ratings-wise, it wasn't good. Right. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I uh, It was nothing like the first two, though. The first really? two seasons will always be near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, I, I love them all. Just the fact, I love the mystery of it and how you don't know, and they always put some hidden clues in there, and you're trying to figure it out. It's uh, so great. One of those truly interactive shows where you can you feel like you're playing along with it as it progresses. Absolutely. Um, and that's what made it really fun. They, especially in the most recent season, they did a good job of like keeping the audience involved in terms of, like, they have the mole had, like, a journal in online and things like that. And it was a really interesting show. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely I, check I mean, it out. Do we want to talk a little bit about the show specifically, or do we want to make just let people know to check well, it out? Well, I would say, well, first of all, if, if you are looking for it, seasons one and three are out on DVD. I actually own both of them. Uh, really good. I, I would definitely suggest watching season one. It's great. Um, it's actually one of the first shows that I could get my, my friends to watch, and they, they get very involved because... Also, especially the first season, it's like nine or ten episodes, so it's not as long-term of a commitment. They can watch it, at, you know, in a, couple, a week or two, and it's uh, it's really enjoyable. And you they you get invested right away. So I mean, there's some great characters. Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah. we're not going to be talking about who the mole is or anything like that because if you've never seen this show, I don't want to spoil it for you in any way. Like that, it right. was the whole season if we told you who the mole was. Um, yeah, any other thoughts about it, Jeff? I'm just looking up to see whether or not the Mole Season 2 is on Amazon Instant. Because hmm. if it is, that's, I, I'd say that's a totally worthy investment. Um, At one point I, it was on Hulu for a couple weeks, and then they took it off. So Yeah, it's available. If you, if you search out there, it's available. Um yeah. I know the the mole of the second season also wrote a book, uh, which is, I've not personally read, but I've heard good things about. It's just kind of about his experience on the show. Um, so definitely check that show out. Jeff? Yeah. You're what? giving away spoilers. What did I say? <laughs> I'm not going oh, to read. I know, I know what gonna, I did now. We're, we're just going to move on. <laughs> I know what I did now. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're just going to move on. But uh, check out The Mole. If you want to have any uh, conversations with us about The Mole and go more into the details and everything, we'd love to talk with you. Uh, 
let us know. You can go on our David and Jeff's Survivor podcast, leave a comment on here, something we'd love to talk to you. We'll try to avoid spoiling too much in public forums, which uh, some people flip up, you know, but whatever. Uh, but, yeah, uh, absolutely one of the best reality shows. I highly recommend it. Um, seasons 1 and 2 are phenomenal. Seasons 3 and 4 are just hilarious blast of fun to watch. Yeah. They, 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 pick some really, they pick some really great celebrities for seasons 3 and 4. And I, think I that, laugh my butt off during those seasons. It's, it, it's a totally different show almost. Like seasons 1 and 2 are not funny. They're kind of serious. Well, they're funny. But they're a completely different feel. Right, right. Yeah. But, but equally entertaining and enjoyable, I think. Mm-hmm. Also... We forgot about the best part. Anderson Cooper is the host of seasons one and two. That's true. And he might be one of the best reality show hosts of all time. He's good. One of my favorite things, Anderson Cooper is always known for being a little more serious or reserved guy. And one of my favorite things is season two, during one of the one of the eliminations, he just does some little like crazy weird sound and, and body movement, and I just die laughing every time he does it because he mm-hmm. never... You never expect him to do it. So I just love in episode. I think it's episode one of season two. They're all like dressed up in uh, in these weird costumes, and someone's dressed in a bunny costume, and they have to go from point A to point B. Well, somewhere random along the way, Anderson Cooper's just like sitting on a bench eating a sandwich, and the guy in the bunny costume runs by, and Anderson Cooper just goes, "Hi, bunny," and it just it breaks me down every single time. But. Uh... Yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. <laughs> Let's move on to the future. This is where uh, we talk about any upcoming news or anything. I don't have a lot of big reality TV news coming, but I do have uh, an interesting thing that we can talk about. I have three different casting calls for future reality shows. Just so uh, I'll read these out, and then, uh, Jeff, you can give your opinion and thought if you want to... Uh, do you want to sign up for these and get cast on it? All right. First one. Attention Southern California families. Major cable network casting parents and children for new family-friendly reality show, Overextended. Are your kids overscheduled? Are you overworked and overwhelmed? A major cable network is looking for families with lots of personality to take part in this side-splitting new reality series, Overextended a fun, lighthearted reality show aimed to give parents and kids a whole new appreciation for the difficulty the others face in their everyday life. Kids, do your parents not understand that you're overscheduling having to juggle school, sports, activities, and an ever-important social life? Does it seem like everyone's always telling you how easy it is to be a kid these days when really it's harder than ever? Parents, do you feel pulled in different directions trying to juggle work, home, and parenthood? Do you feel like your kids just don't understand what it takes to be a parent nowadays? The pressure to provide the best for your kids and give them the opportunity for success. If you feel your lives are overextended, then this show is for you. This groundbreaking new series will open the eyes of adults who think being a kid is a cakewalk while letting kids know they shouldn't be in such a rush to grow up. What do you think? Wow. Sounds like a good way to... uh make fun of some parents who are overextending their children. I don't know that I would ever watch that show. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I'm super excited about this. It's just fun and lighthearted, but I don't know 
I don't know. We're gonna make the the parents be kids and kids be parents. I don't know. Sort of like wife swap, but for kids and adults. Is what I'm. I, is right. I'm, I could see how. I could see. I I just think both parties are gonna end up really pissed off. Like I think parents are gonna be surprised at how, like, overextended their kids can get. But I also think kids are gonna be like. I don't know how to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I won't be. I, I maybe I'll watch an episode. Who knows? Yeah. Well, let's see if it ever sees the light of day. We're just we're in the casting call. That's true. All right. This next one, Jeff. I know you're gonna want to be a part. Here we go. Have you ever betrayed the trust of someone you know or love and never had the courage to tell them the truth? Have you ever committed an act you knew was wrong but went ahead and did it anyways? Do you have deep regrets and long for an opportunity to unburden yourself of guilt? We want to help. Eastern TV has partnered with a major network that would like to share your story. If you are ready for a new chapter, a clean slate, and most importantly, closure, please apply with your name, location, contact information, and a recent photo and brief description of your story. If you are chosen to participate in our series, you will be compensated. We look forward to hearing from you. What? Jeff, you have any deep uh, dark secrets that you've been keeping for people that you really want to share with, with them and, and get, let all this guilt go? Well, yeah, but I can't tell you about it because then they won't pick me. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me. Just just apply for the show. That sounds like the... Is that a reality show or is that just like a bunch of people talking about what they once did? It says a series, so it doesn't like... It's not like this is an episode of Dr. Phil. It says like... We're doing this for a series. That's weird. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I think I would watch that one even less. Right. All right. Don't worry, Jeff. I saved the best one for last. All right. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Urgent nationwide casting for new dating show for VH1. Are you tired of being sing single? Do you find the bar scene exhausting? Tried every online dating site imaginable and not finding anyone worth your time? For those who are ready to make themselves vulnerable, and vulnerable is all caps, and fully expose all caps who they are, a new dating show is providing the chance to find love. Interested males and females who are 21 and over should respond and a uh, with, to us with a little bit about yourself and your dating history. What has gone wrong? What are you looking for in a boyfriend and girlfriend? Uh, and the heading for this one was New VH1 Naked Dating Show. What? <laughs> Which is why they emphasize vulnerable and fully exposed. Is this just going to be a dating show where everyone's naked the whole time? I have no idea. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> It's going to be on VH1. Oh, <laughs> uh, so you know it'll be good. Yeah. You know this is high-quality entertainment here. <laughs> From the network that brought you I Love the 80s. And uh, Flavor of Love. <laughs> what, Rock of Love on that show, on that network, too? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's... Wow. So now you know all these wonderful reality shows that are coming up. So you can be sure to follow them and, and watch them. So you can watch these overextended parents and kids while uh, <laughs> while they, you know, confess their deep dark secrets to another while dating naked. You know, so <laughs> not 
the same people. No, no, let's hope not. Someone, someone should apply wow. for them all. <laughs> you know, if you want to be a reality TV star, you gotta, you gotta yeah. spread. You gotta overextend yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's good stuff. We're gonna go on our final one for this show uh, of real talk, and we're gonna move into mashup. This is a segment where we'll just. Somehow we'll be mashing up shows together and doing fun little activities or games. Oh, that's great, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> so, this time we're going to take one person from Opposite Worlds and one person from King of the Nerds, and we are going to put them together to make one amazing... Trying to take it off, I promise. To make one amazing race team. So one person from King of the Nerds, one person of Opposite Worlds will create one amazing race team. So we'll just alternate. Uh, you list, I'll list off a, a pair, you list off a pair, and we'll see what we have. If we put all these together, there's probably going to be some overlap. But uh, my first right. one, I'm extremely proud of. This is going to be the ultimate train wreck amazing race team. We're going to get Zach from King of the Nerds with Jeffrey from Opposite World. I have the same pairing. I just think those two, very unathletic, very confrontational, loud, <laughs> those two together would implode at the starting line. Let's just say it would be a really great episode. Yeah, one episode <laughs> would be fantastic. <laughs> yes, I'm really happy we both thought of that. Alright, so we're both on the same page. Zach and Jeffrey are on together. Well, let me do another one then since we have the same. Uh, this one, I'm thinking David and Goliath here. Let's have the giant Frank with the hobbit Brian from King of the Nerds. We'll do a uh, Frank-Brian combo. They could go far, could not. Depends on how much beast mode Brian has in him. Yeah. So I have, I actually came up with six pairings because I had a boy, I have like a backstory with each of these, Okay. Right? So why, one of my backstories has a boy pair and a girl pair. So my first one, which will be the two, um, these are two people who are really good friends in like kindergarten. They became friends in kindergarten. And then as high school came along, you know, like one of them went this way and one of them went this way, you know, so one of them went from... One of them went the nerdy route, and one of them went kind of the popular jock route or the popular cheerleader route. Um, but somehow they always kept their bond of friendship strong. So now they've got this great relationship where it's kind of like click and clack or like, uh, you know, yin and yang. Yep. So the girl pairing for that is Sam and Katie. Okay. And the boy pairing for that is J.R. and Jack. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I don't know what huge chemistry they have, but I guess if you're saying that they know each other since kindergarten, we can, uh, we can get I think the girls would do better than the boys, to be honest. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. All right. Let me go with my girl-girl pair. We're going to go with uh, an interesting combination, maybe sort of a yin-yang thing. We're going to get Lauren from Opposite Worlds and put her with Nicole from King of the Nerds. I could see it. Yeah, I think I think Nicole would try to take charge a lot, but she won't tell 
the other teams what she actually does, so it'll be good. It'll be like an advantage. You know, right. so keep that a secret until Lauren blabs it to everyone. And then right. they'll have some tension and some fighting. But Because when she, once you find out someone's a chemist, you're like, what? Yeah. yeah. Chemist. <laughs> but I, I could see them doing all right. Yes. So my next couple is... Uh, I think these are the two people who, like, everyone watches. It's like if, if you ever watch, like, America's Got, America's Got Talent, they always have these kind of people, where everyone watches and they're like, are those two dating? And for the entire show, they go, no, we're not dating. But everyone kind of has that hint of suspicion, and it's really like the girl who doesn't want to date the guy rather than the guy who doesn't want to date the girl. Um, so I have Danielle from Opposite Worlds and Brian from uh, King of the Nerds. So I think this is a good pairing because Danielle's very, like, very like straight laced and you know moral and she's you know she just wants to play a clean game and she it hasn't even crossed her mind that her and Brian could be dating it's just it hasn't even because they're just friends yeah they're just friends so yeah, we've I seen like pairings it. like this before so I and I think they actually have a pretty good chance I think they could do well yeah I like I like the pairing not bad at all all right this is my team to win now I'm giving you my pick all the way all right we got Jr. His, his ankle's healed. He's good to go. We got Jr. and we're going to put him with Katie. I think <laughs> those two could work very well together. I think they both have a seriousness yet lightheartedness that would work well. I think they're both physically fit and competitive enough they could they could go all the way. That's fair. I, I could see that. Uh, here's my team to win. Okay. These are uh, two guys um, who I think are both... There you go. Kind of the same thing. Both kind of lighthearted, or both able to be lighthearted, um, but there's a really like serious quality about them. Where like once it's time for brass tacks, it's time for brass tacks, right? And that's Jesse from Opposite Worlds and Chris from King of the Nerds. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Jesse has a temper though, so you gotta watch out for that. He does, but Chris doesn't seem one to ignite a temper. No, he does. Well, Chris doesn't seem to have a temper at all, so he's very. Right. Yeah, so, so it, I think they could make a good team. Yeah, quite possibly. All right, my last one is sort of like the uh, WTF of <laughs> these two. I was just like, I want to include this person, so who can I put randomly <laughs> that would just sort of be funny to watch? So right. I'm going to get Jack from King of the Nerds. We're going to put Jack on The Amazing Race, and we're going to put him with the one and only Mercy from Opposite Worlds. Why? <laughs> Mercy and Jack, they're not, I don't think they're going to do that well. Uh, it's so, like I said, the WTF, but I think it would be entertaining to see them try to work together. Because especially okay. Mercy seems to have no team work ability at all. <laughs> or personality. She had personality as soon as she got eliminated. <laughs> yeah, that's a, although they did keep saying like she fights with Jesse all the time, exactly. but I never saw it. Yeah, it, apparently she fought with, like, everyone. Okay, so this is my WTF team. Okay. I can't decide how I'm... I, I'm thinking maybe father-son who have a strained relationship. Okay. Or maybe, uh, you know, like, brothers who... One of them significantly older and they don't really get along. I don't know. This is another yin, yin and yang team that I think would be funny to watch. Frank and Xander. Hmm. Interesting. That would be... Got, 
You've got the super macho Frank, who's like, I just, I just go beast mode. I just go beast. And you got Xander, who's like this big personality, very obviously gay. Like he, and he, you know, just has just this great fun personality. Um, I don't know how well they'd work together because I think one of them would be taking the race a little bit more seriously than the other. Uh, but I think it would be fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, absolutely. So let's recap. Let's keep Mercy and Jack together. Let's keep Zach and Jeffrey, of course. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's put Frank with uh, who is who is it? You just said oh Xander. Xander. Yeah. Let's do um, who is the other team you had? Danielle and Brian. And Brian. Let's put them together. And then let's do Jr. and Katie. Okay. And Lauren and Nicole. I think okay. those are all the teams we can have without because we had some crosses. But I think that's a solid six teams there. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be excited for that. So there's our mashup, and that is how we're going to conclude this first episode of Real Talk with David and Jeff. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If there's a reality show you want us to to talk about and discuss, please let us know. Uh, We're huge reality TV fans. Uh, Be sure to check out our Survivor podcast, of course. David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. You can do check us out on that on our Facebook page. Also, SurvivorPodcast.blogspot.com. And this is where all, you can also get all the, the, the real talks. These are also going to be on uh, YouTube on our uh, stream. So type in Real Talk with David and Jeff on YouTube, and you can probably find it there as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, fun doing this. I hope we can continue. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, stay tuned. Hopefully next week we'll have Real Talk with David and Jeff's episode two. We'll talk more about the Opposite Worlds finale, King of the Nerds. We'll talk about uh, Amazing Race and what happened there and uh, throw in anything else that we can think of. We'll have more past and future for you as well. So thank you guys so much for uh, watching and or listening. uh, And we will be back next time. So this is David saying goodbye. This is Jeff saying I'm a huge reality TV fan. Well, there you go. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.